0: no truck stops a pack 12 podcast brought to you by home field apparel i am carlos at equity brewing joining me live is avery at brave grapes oh did i is this uh cut off wrong did I, <laughs> my forehead there it is <laughs> <That hurts. laughs> uh avery at brave grapes good morning greg at banana good morning uh, uh, angry boy matthew Burt Said not here today but for the last time ever read at pac 10 read
1: i'm so happy to be done with mario Cristobal. we're not gonna be able to talk about that crazy stuff uh mario cristobal is
0: is uh remember reed when you were you definitely said like he didn't do anything wrong against 2021
1: stanford is that do i remember that right In like those final couple drives yeah well yeah i don't know that game was (laughs) that game was terrible i felt like it was more a product of just his conservative philosophy than specific bad decisions uh yeah but that's fair This game was a product of a very specific, (laughs) horrible decision to not kneel when that could have been the final play. They used a bit more of a conservative philosophy (laughs) there. It was even worse
0: than 2018 Stanford. Crazy stuff. Talking truck stop ball. Nonsense. Uh, Shout out to those joining us live on YouTube. Like the video. Send us in your comments and thoughts. And subscribe to the channel. We're at 214 subscribers right now on YouTube. We promised at 250 subscribers that you will get to vote on one host who will eat incrementally hot sauces throughout an entire episode. We are so close to making someone suffer, to making someone literally sweat. So get us to 250 and we promise we'll make someone suffer on live stream. We promise. Any uh, hot sauce recommendations? Do we know of any like really hot sauces? There's like the Mexican hot sauces that are like really, really hot. But then there's like, I don't know the the i think like the, the working class white man's like <laughs> ass burning hot sauce there's <laughs> also just like, like the
2: gimmicky ones yeah. do we get
0: wings with the sauces
3: or, or oh that's interesting or, just have someone like, like how fucking... are we what is the what is the sauce delivery method
0: okay we got to figure that out that's good chicken wings aren't bad but someone's got to make them if we vote on if we yeah. vote on matt he's got to have to make them so Anyway, we'll find out. Uh, Podcast listeners, we haven't uh, forgotten about you, of course. Thank you for tuning in once again. Be sure to follow the show. Rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify. We will read your reviews if you've got them. And of course, we have extra Pac-12 content for you on Patreon, including our weekly preview of the Pac-12 football slate. This week, a massive week seven slate. This is by far... The biggest slate of Pac-12 games this season. Uh, That'll feature Oregon and UW previews, USC-Notre Dame, UCLA-Oregon State is a great game. Uh, So go subscribe for $5 at NoTruckStops.com if you want to get an in-depth preview of that slate. Of course, we'll make some predictions here in this game. All right, let's move to talk some Pac-12 ball, starting with USC's thrilling triple overtime win over Arizona, Reid, can you recap this game for us, and preferably with a tenor that matches uh, what this game felt like?
1: After a largely underwhelming slate, all reliable, (laughs) Pac-12 after dark provided the unhinged dramatics we've come to love. From the start, vibes were ugly in LA, with USC digging themselves a 17-0 early hole in the second quarter. As expected, the Trojans began to plot their typically unserious and needless, yet nonetheless inevitable comeback. After the shaky start, Caleb Williams settled in while the refs did their part and Jed Fish did his. A 28-3 run gave USC an eight-point lead early in the fourth, and the result again felt inevitable. Then Fafita piloted a 75-yard game-tying touchdown drive. USC went three and out, and Arizona marched to first down at the USC 36 with four minutes left to play in the game, where the Wildcats had control. From there, the favorite and ESPN's win probability flipped nine more times with those shifts coming as a result of a missed Arizona field goal, a miraculously improbable snap miscue on a USC field goal in the final seconds, uh, Trojans' O-line penalties, Caleb Williams' magic tricks, and ultimately... Jed Fish cowardly passing up a two-point try for the win, forgetting the overtime rules, and calling an incredibly dumb and hopeless toss to seal the Wildcats' fate. In the end, USC would hold on to survive 43-41 in triple overtime.
0: Thank you, Reed. Uh, that's a There's a lot to dive into in this game. A
1: lot
0: happened in this game. So let's start with USC. Uh, I know we have lots of takes about USC. Let's see if we can have an orderly-ish conversation here. Uh, Graves, let's start with you. What stuck out to you about USC's performance in this particular game?
2: Really quickly, I want to say 16-year-old Avery and myself have never been more aligned on something than our hatred for Brock Osweiler. (laughs) I fucking hate Brock Osweiler. I have forever. Broncos fan, whatever. But he is a horrible color analyst. He's awful. And of course, like the craziest football game I've watched in years. I don't know. He's the one on color. Yeah. He did not do some it justice. Said and some I'm, crazy stuff. I'm still angry about it. But yeah, as for USC, like there's the obvious stuff with like Caleb Williams, which I think we're gonna get into, and how bad their defense is. Their defense is really bad. But I was like genuinely impressed with Marshawn Lloyd, especially considering how many questions we had about USC's running backs going into this season. And he hasn't looked bad this season. He's had like some actually really good moments, but I feel like this game I was really, really impressed by how he looked. I think Arizona's focus was definitely on stopping the pass, which obviously helps, but he took advantage of that in a way that I think was more impressive than what UW was able to do against Arizona last week. And I, I just think it's nice and comforting when USC has like a good running back.
0: Yeah, they, uh, the run game definitely played a, a big role here. Greg, what did you see in USC's performance in this game?
2: i
3: saw that uh i don't know caleb williams is heroic he does a lot but i also think he bears a large part of the blame for why that game went to overtime uh you know usc should never be going to overtime with arizona we know this i think a big reason they went is because caleb williams was just fucking around for so much of that game (laughs) (laughs) uh there was just zero reason for him to hold onto the ball as long as he did for large stretches. Like, AIC, Arizona's DBs deserve a ton of credit for doing as well as they did against the USC receivers. Like, that's why he held on to the ball for so long. But USC's offensive line had a genuinely great game, I thought. I thought they played one of the best games they've played all season. Uh, they gave him so much time so often, and he did nothing with it except for just wait for them to commit holding penalties, and I thought that was a massive reason that this was probably the worst USC offensive performance of the year so far. Uh, I'm worried. I'm worried about Caleb Williams, if he's going to keep doing that, because they can't get away with that shit against better teams, you know? I get that he's magic. I get that he's going to pull off incredible shit, but even if he does that, he's going to get hurt again, like, eventually he's just going to get rocked because there's going to be a guy he doesn't see as he stands back there forever and the offensive line is just going to get penalties like that's the inevitable result of asking them to block for 10 seconds is there's going to be holding penalties and we saw that in this game and they're going to get tired and they're going to be worse by the end of the game like it is genuinely worrying to me how long he asks them to block and i saw a nfl scout mentioned that even pre-snap he asks them to stand in their stance for like way too long which i had never considered before but it makes perfect sense he really does like to get a he really likes to survey things before he snaps it and i can imagine that's very difficult on the offensive line
0: hey, do you agree feel like this that you arizona took usc to overtime much 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 because um part large
1: i don't know what i'm saying mostly due, <laughs> mostly due to caleb williams performance well, I think that I would frame it differently, and just that we've come to learn like Caleb Williams' performance is what dictates how like mm-hmm. how these Trojan games go in general. So yeah, like it would be nice. I think Marshawn Lloyd did have a good game. The offensive line, I would say, was up and down for large parts of this game, but not all bad. Uh, but ultimately, like it's on Caleb Williams, and the offense had four three and outs in the first six drives and a fumble. So. It it was such a slow start that, like, they actually... I mean, weirdly, the defense played a good second half. They adjusted. Part of that was Jed Fish failing to adjust, but, like, they kept USC in this game, and ultimately, Caleb Williams has proven that even though it's not first-grade competition, he always does, like, the last good thing to stay in these games and, and to give USC a win.
0: Yeah, the, the Caleb Williams point is is fair. I sort of think... I, I tended to give Arizona a lot of credit because they were doing what they did against Washington, right? Which is like just drop eight dudes and say, but, well, okay, stay in there as long as you need to. We'll try to get pressure with three, but like this is how we're gonna beat you. Um and it it mostly worked. I I was actually uh very unimpressed with what USC's receivers were doing. I sort of felt like they kind of disappeared. Um, they didn't really get much of anything going. And I have many questions about this receiver room, not in the like, they're bad in the Pac-12, but like they feel right now a tier below me compared to like below to me compared to a Washington, uh an Arizona, even, um, a, a maybe even an Oregon. Like I like I think their receivers are good, but not great. They don't have say, right? a
1: wide receiver. One is yeah. the issue. Like they, they don't have they a don't... dude that they could just throw to. Yeah, like Troy Franklin's better, obviously. Like Rome's a better one. Tedrow McMillan or Jacob Cowling are better ones. Jalen
0: McMillan is better. Yeah, I mean, right. Jalen
1: McMillan is better.
0: Jalen Polk, right. the
1: third receiver for USC, might be
0: the right receiver one for us for Washington. Might be right receiver one for um, USC this season. Um, so I guess I, I say all that to say, uh, y- sure. Like Caleb Williams. W- made some mistakes. I also think that it was the defensive scheme and strategy and philosophy for Arizona in this game. And, um, I sort of think Caleb Williams adjusted I, like he beat Arizona with his legs, uh, by himself. That play at the end, the two point conversion that actually won USC the game. Let's talk about that. Uh, you know, those crazy <laughs> formations where you've got like seven linemen and receivers on the left. You've got like two on the right Uh, or maybe three on the right it was actually only two i think and everyone else is on the left and there's nothing in between them and it's uh uh, the center and caleb williams and like three or four arizona defenders on the right side they called a fucking iso for caleb williams and he got a two-point conversion and won the game like part of me is like that's that's some tough defense from arizona but part of me is like they just said no uh Get get the fuck out of the way and let Caleb Williams do something. And he did. And he did that several times in this game. He had three rushing touchdowns. Caleb Williams, we know, is a very mobile quarterback. I don't think we've ever seen him have a rushing performance like he had today. Like, this this feels, like, unique to me. I have not seen this from Caleb Williams where he's, like, running all over the place and getting three touchdowns. He didn't accumulate a lot of yards. But when it came down, t- t- uh, came down to it, they were in the red zone in goal line situations and they went with Caleb Williams to run those uh to try to punch it into the end zone. He had that one incredible extension at the end where it's like he gets he gets hit like maybe a, a yard or two behind the line of scrimmage and he powers through, gets it, and he's like on top of the defender outstretched with his ball with the ball over the um boundary, and his knees are not touching, and it's like incredible. Uh so he did not have a great passing game, but like it felt like he was just figuring out ways to win by himself. It was ridiculous. So I guess in that sense, it's like, yeah, they took away the passing game. But he did some stuff uh, outside of that that made him just uh, – that that enabled USC to win this game that they really should not have won. Reid, you were raring up to say something.
1: Yeah, I think that it's a both-and situation. Like he, he was part of the reason that they dug a hole for themselves early in the game. And also, very few players can plot that type of comeback and make those plays. And certainly, from an optics perspective, that rushing touchdown and two point conversion definitely bolstered the narrative that it's a one man show because it was it was just insane to see him like literally go out to the outside and take the defender on one on one without an offensive line even standing there. Um, yeah, I don't know, but but still, I think you have to go back to like what did we think about USC's offense? a week or two weeks ago. And the whole narrative was they can just pick their score against anyone. Uh, and Arizona has looked good defensively for, you know, for stretches of the season for sure. Um, but at the same time, I don't think we expected that that would, that, that they had any answers that could actually pose a threat to USC's offense. And they definitely did in this game, at least to start.
0: Yeah. I, I've, I agree. I feel like it was stunning to watch USC start the game with like three, three and outs in a row. They had like what? 10 plays over the first like halftime. Like it was, it was a, a, like Caleb Williams looked off too. Like I think early, early in on the game, he was not making throws he that he normally would make. He was not looking right uh, as a passer for sure. Uh, real quick about USC's defense. What do we think about this performance? They, Struggled mightily in the first half. They were down 17 to nothing against Arizona. It looked like uh, the running back for Arizona, I think his name was was Williams. Coleman. Oh, sorry?
3: Coleman, yeah. Coleman. Coleman.
0: Sorry, Jonah Coleman. I was like, what's his name? Uh, Jonah Coleman had a great game. Uh, but they adjusted. They made some adjustments. Arizona, obviously, it's hard to figure out how much they actually scored because, you know, over time, it's like they just go back and forth scoring from, like, basically the red zone. USC's defense, I don't know. What did you think of them in this game, Grapes? Uh,
2: this is a defensive performance that I expect from an untalented team. Like, I'm not giving this team props. This is not what I want to see from a USC team that, like, should have the talent to avoid this type of game. Like, this is the type of defensive game I expect from – wazoo or oregon state like yeah they looked like shit but they kept their team in later they made some adjustments like this team is so poorly coached i don't want to give them any props for the play like they're genuinely bad and i feel like we're running out of excuses here i'm not impressed with them at all i think i think they might be the worst like (laughs) unit in the conference really okay Okay. that's
0: that's interesting that's interesting all right uh greg you have thoughts about usc defense
3: yeah i mean they were they were terrible and like i don't want to let the end of that game fool us okay because arizona was still moving the ball at will when jed fish wasn't being a fucking dumbass okay <laughs> and i i will have i have lots of jed fish thoughts as i always do and i'll save those but like The USC defense was still bad. Even in the second half, they still were bad. They were still giving up plays that you shouldn't give up. They, oh, just the tackling, the missed assignments. It's it's so bad. I I don't understand how it happens at this level of college football. What are we doing? Why does Alex Grinch have a job? What is this? Yeah. It hurts. It hurts to watch. They're just,
0: ugh. Yeah, uh 51% success rate for Arizona in this game. That's 88th percentile. <laughs> very, very good. Uh explosive play rate, 13%. Uh Arizona had 10 explosive explosive plays in this game. 10. Uh that's 91st percentile uh, per per game on paper. Um it was it was all around a, a a bad performance. They had some moments where they did get some sort of stops, but it
1: was mostly bad. Reed, did you have any thoughts about USC's defense? I think, yeah, I mean, I think they're super poorly coached. I think so, there are moments where the talent can bleed through a bit. Like they had eight, you know, tackles for a loss in this game. And I attribute that to like, sometimes they just fall into getting a push, you know, like they, they can rush the passler, passer or occasionally on that last toss play. Like they were just bigger and kind of blew that up. But at the same time, it, it doesn't make up for all the b- blown coverages. Um, and I think that, I don't I wouldn't go as far as to say they're the worst defense in the Pac twelve, but in looking at like, you know, what we're what we're we're supposed to be framing USC around is can they beat Oregon and Washington? Like, do they have a prayer of slowing down those offenses right now? It really it really does not feel like it. Right. I mean, I'm wondering I know it won't happen, but like Alex Grinch
0: needs to go like mid-season like he needs to go now like they've got to fire Alex Grinch right now they had to fire him after last week this like they should have fired
2: him after the Arizona State game
0: they should I mean they should have fired him after last year for being really (laughs) honest they should have never fucking hired him but like (laughs) like every single moment is a good moment to fire Alex Grinch I think (laughs) Um, it's it's ridiculous and the story again for USC will be about their defense Like Every single thing that's coming out about USC, every single question that's being asked of Lincoln Riley right now is about Alex Grinch. That is the story of this team right now. Despite the fact that Caleb Williams is putting on a fucking show week in and week out, the story is USC's defense and we're here week six and almost certainly every fucking question that Lincoln Riley will get is going to be about Alex Grinch. It's going to be about this defense. It's going to be about all this stuff. Absolutely ridiculous stuff. And who knows if he'll actually do it. It does not feel like Lincoln Riley is going to... First of all, I'm not even sure Lincoln Riley is going to fire Alex Grinch at all. Second of all, I am I am certain he's not going to fire Alex Grinch midseason. So absolutely uh, ridiculous stuff from USC's defense. Uh, one quick thing. Our buddy West Texas Mike, we got to mention this. He puts in the chat... Uh, you're going to mention that attempted assault by the Trojans during that punt. <laughs> uh, this was the first, I think this is the first punt of the game for USC. Uh, and they, they punt the ball. Uh, you know, it's fairly typical. The Arizona returner, Jacob Cowing, in this case, backs off. The punt kind of bounces on the ground a little bit. And era, uh, USC is waiting for it to stop so that they can go and grab the ball and stop the ball um, as far, it, far as they can. But USC's uh, players decide to do something weird and different. And as the ball is moving, they like gang grab Jacob Cowing, like hold him hostage, <laughs> and try to throw him onto the ball to force a fumble. I've never, has anyone seen this before? That's fucking if, crazy. I saw it earlier <laughs> on
3: Saturday. Like I saw other teams doing that. Really? It was so weird to me. I was like, how is this suddenly just like something everyone's doing? What?
2: Everybody's so creative. <laughs> <laughs> I Jesus Christ,
3: I can't was... take
0: it. That was That's crazy. So That's got to be illegal. It should
3: illegal. not be legal. It should That's... not be legal if it is.
0: Like I don't know. Is there like some sort of kick catch interference thing that can like make outlaw that? That was crazy. Maybe if
3: he fair catches before before that happens, they can't
0: do that. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely crazy. Uh, anyway, so that was uh, a, a silly ass play. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about Caleb Williams because I I'm I'm. Uh, <laughs> i've just had many thoughts about caleb williams over the past few weeks and really over the past season and a half uh Reed, matt and i had this back and forth on twitter so i want to hear what grapes and greg think uh, i think we're all in agreement that usc's defense is straight up bad right we've been talking about it uh said they'd be okay at worst i was extremely wrong yes that's true uh but they're not uh, I think we can also agree that their line play is pretty shaky. I think they actually played pretty well in this game, but mostly I think shaky, potentially bad. Uh, I think those two things have been true for like a season and a half now. I think we can also agree that USC is 17-3 and almost entirely, 17-3 over the past season and a half, almost entirely because of Caleb Williams. Uh, Matt on, uh, on Twitter said that there were multiple other players in Pac-12 history who have carried otherwise bad teams. Reed said that simply carrying a 17-3 in team a 17-3 and team isn't enough to be all that impressive. I don't agree. I feel like what he has done with what USC is uh, makes him the best QB in Pac-12 history, honestly. So I want to hear what Grapes and Greg think. Grapes, let's start with you. Is he right now, if the season ended today, for you, however you define it, the best quarterback in conference history since realignment in 2011? Uh, and do you feel like there are other quarterbacks who have carried mediocre squads like this?
2: This is just so hard because obviously recency bias plays such a big role in this. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I was not, I did not have my hand on the pulse of Pac 12 football in like 2013, 2011. You know, like I was not watching it the same way I am now. And I think Caleb Williams is really incredible, but there have been quarterbacks who have been very successful with so much less than Caleb Williams. Like, they don't have either the talent around them. Or whatever. So it's hard for me to say, like, straight up, he is the greatest. And it's kind of the same thing where when we were doing our preseason hot takes, Carlos was like, Caleb Williams will not win Offensive Player of the Year. Like, him against the field, you know? Like, you can't just say, oh, he... I don't know. It's so easy to make the argument that he's not because there's so many quarterbacks that have been successful. Um, I think he needs to go to the playoffs. I think that's going to be like the moment where I'm like, yeah, he carried his team. If USC makes it to the playoffs, this USC team, I will confidently believe that Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in Pac-12 era history, simply because this team has no business being a playoff team.
0: Greg, do you feel the same way?
2: Uh, I feel pretty similarly
3: in that... uh I don't want to fall victim to recent recency bias, you know, like I want to really think about those past quarterbacks. And when I think about it, I think there's three names who have an argument for this. Uh, you've got Caleb Williams, you've got Marcus Mariota, and you've got Andrew Luck. Uh, I think it's those three in a class by themselves. And right now, I think I'd say it's still Marcus Mariota, just because I had no questions about him by the end of his career at Oregon, right? I just had no questions. I knew exactly what I was going to get, and what I was going to get was the best quarterback in the country. With Caleb Williams, I don't feel as confident. Uh, Caleb Williams can do things that Marcus Mariota absolutely could not do. He can do things that no quarterback I've ever seen in college can do. But he also has real flaws, Like like I talked about earlier in this Arizona game. He will hold on to the ball too long. He will make some decisions that I just don't think are great. I think I would love to see him on a like on a team at the level of 2014 Oregon because I think 2014 Oregon was inarguably a much better team than this USC team like I would love to see what he looks like in that situation because I think you can excuse a lot of his flaws right now by saying okay but he has to do everything so it makes sense that he's not I don't know playing exactly how you ideally like him to and I completely understand that argument uh it's just it's a question for me I I feel like he's more talented than Marcus Mariota like as an NFL quarterback I think he'll be much better than Marcus Mariota but in college I would like to see him be a little bit more controlled which is weird because some so much of what makes him great and special is that he can do things totally out of structure but I feel like that can also lead to problems in a way that Marcus Mariota never had them. And I i don't know. I want to see a little bit more. Like Avery said, if he can take USC to the playoff and play well there, I will change my mind. Like if he does that, it's his crown and he's in a tier on his own, but he's got to do that
0: for me to be there. Yeah. So my argument is exactly, I think, what you two are saying, uh, which is that hes he is... Uh, erasing uh, a lot of mistakes USC in this game with any other even like any other USC quarterback from 2011 to 2021 loses this game by two touchdowns like I don't think Sam, I don't think Sam Darnold can do anything that Caleb Williams did in this game. I don't with think Sam defense. Darnold goes down 17-0 I think I don't know. I don't. I don't see Sam why not. Donald did like, not have this defense. Playing. I did. Yeah, That's I, true. I would say That's this true. defense is like if you stick Caleb Williams on twenty fourteen Oregon. We're talking about twenty fourteen Oregon as one of the best. They they probably beat Ohio State. We're talking about. Or, we're talking about that Oregon team is like one of the greatest in college football history. Like he is Caleb Williams. I feel like is just. Um, I don't know that there's been another quarterback that's been able to lead a team to like a gaudy record, despite everyone thinking they're fraudulent and bad, like, but despite everyone thinking their defense sucks, uh, their offensive line play isn't very good. Uh, their defensive coaching is atrocious. Uh, the decision-making from the head coach is, I don't know, shaky at best. Like, I don't know that there's been a quarterback in the pac 12 that has, that has just erased a bunch of mistakes and erased a bunch of flaws from a single team the way that Caleb Williams is. Like I don't know. I guess a, a going eleven and one in the regular season despite all of those things. I mean Reed said it last year was like, I keep expecting USC to lose and they keep winning. Um and like quarterback quarterback wins are not a stat, but they probably are for Caleb Williams because like that's a six and six, seven and five team last year with like Jackson Dart, or maybe not Sam Darnold, maybe like nine and three. um Matt Barkley, that's like a six and six team. That that team w- was shaky, and this year is it feels worse. And they're six and zero oh right now. So I don't know. I guess I'm of the opinion that like he's just doing. He is erasing a ton of mistakes in a way that no other quarterback has been able to do um and hasn't done right. Mariota had a had a. And 2014 had, like, a decent defense. It wasn't, like, great. 2013 and 2012, I think, were better. Um, it was decent, uh, but his running game was, like, something he could lean on. The running game for USC is, like, not bad this year. It was definitely not there last year, though. Um, so, And they were running an offensive system that was, like, revolutionary and, and challenging at the time. Like, Oregon, 2014 Oregon, is undoubtedly a better team. So I don't know. Reed, what what were you going to say? You I know you you ver- vehemently
1: disagree. Just for me at a certain point the rubber has to meet the road with like what is what is the signature accomplishment or win or performance. It it can't be triple overtime at home versus Arizona. I'm sorry. Like I brought it up on Twitter. Uh, why don't we just call Vernon Adams the greatest Pac-12 quarterback ever? Because he played a triple overtime game in Tempe that was ugly as hell and scored fifty some points in it. Like this is we've seen. Why isn't DTR the greatest because of what he did in, against Wazoo and Pullman in twenty eighteen? Like it. But that's it just, not my argument. Is not that you can, oh,
0: he had this one great
1: game. And that's why he's the best. But he doesn't have any signature wins against great teams. And I like I know that there's a team element of that, obviously. But the fact that he doesn't have a Pac-12 title, he doesn't have a major bowl win. If you stack Mariota and Caleb Williams biggest wins up against each other, you're getting to like seven or eight Mariota wins before you get to Caleb Williams beating UCLA last year. Those are I don't those are not Mariota wins the same way these are Caleb Williams. No, but the thing is though is Caleb Williams plays such a high variance style that he put he digs himself these holes and then we praise him for getting out of them. Whereas like Mariota just went on the field and was a juggernaut that you didn't have a prayer of beating unless you were a really good team. And the fact, like, taking the easy route is a good thing sometimes, you know? Like, even look at this year in the Pac-12. Look at what Bo Nix or Michael Penix does playing within their system in a way that Caleb Williams, like, sets himself up for these dramatics and comes through. But ultimately, I have to look at it and say... They're playing a mediocre Arizona team, and they went to triple overtime. I don't think they're mediocre. Caleb, we got to talk about Caleb Arizona. Williams I don't think mediocre. Because Caleb Williams didn't move the ball down the length of the field until the last drive of the first half.
3: Yeah, it's not it's not the USC defense's fault that Caleb Williams and the USC offense punted like four times at the beginning of that game. You know, like you mentioned earlier that you know Sam Darnold didn't play with a defense like this. That's true, but. It's not the defense that's making them punt, okay? You guys have to move the ball as the USC offense. You have to do that. And Caleb Williams, like Reed said, plays such a high-variant style that this is just what's going to happen sometimes. And that's why I think right now I'd rather have Mariota on the best team, like just because I know what I'm getting, and what I'm getting is elite play consistently. I'm maybe not getting as high highs, because Mariota straight up cannot do some of the things Caleb Williams can do. Uh, Caleb Williams made a throw at the end of that game in, I don't know which overtime period it was, but... He was being chased. There were guys on both sides of him. He somehow like wings its sidearm into the end zone between two DBs right to the receiver and the receiver dropped it. But that was like just an incredible play that 99% of players can't make. And that's what makes him special. But until he can like bring up the low end a little bit, I'm not ready to say he's the greatest ever.
0: Uh, I mean, I I, so the thing that's. I don't know. The thing that's interesting to me is like, oh, his wins and he doesn't have like a signature win. First of all, he's playing the schedule that's uh, in front of him. Like he's like, we're going to, we're going to, I don't know that I'm going to fault and dock Caleb Williams because he's like not playing better teams. He's going to get many opportunities this week. If he looks like shit against Oregon and Washington, I I think you've got like, I'm sure that the conversation will back off, but I also sort of think that like, he doesn't have to win those games. Like Utah, is a great example from from last season where it's like he was magnificent in that game he was brilliant in that game he did not lose that game he was the only reason they won that game utah won because like i mean that is still rings in my head i think that's the one game i think about from last season where i'm like that's one of the that is the greatest game from last season and one of the greatest games over the past few years uh that was their defense shitting the bed against a good utah offense Caleb Williams is magnificent in that game. In the Pac-12 title game, he loses to Utah, but like they were up four, like three or four scores until he gets a hamstring injury and like clearly is immobile. It can't. Do they were anything.
3: up two scores,
0: but yeah, yeah, it was the injury that's the yeah, reason yeah, yeah, yeah. They lost, were they were sure. they were up and it completely derailed their momentum when he got hurt. Then against Tulane, it's like first of all, it's like you you're coming off of this. We already know that there's like, if you lose the Pac-12 championship game, you're going to lose (laughs) your bowl game. Like we have that long history. And I think that is rooted in, ah, you know, we almost had a shot at the Rose Bowl and now we got to play this game. And I'm not sure that we want to do that. And always, it's, it always feels like really, really good Pac-12 championship game. Losers end up having to play like a G5 or something and couldn't get up for Tulane. I mean, I also think he was not clearly 100% in that game and again, they got up big against Tulane uh, and Tulane and USC's defense let them down again. Wouldn't even say that that was Caleb Williams' fault. So I hear what you're saying. I don't know what, I, like, I feel like he's scoring enough. Um, I feel like, yeah, he did have a rough start to this game. That is not typical of Caleb Williams. But like, I also am not, I, 40, 40 plus points a game feels like enough to me. Um, it feels like that should be enough to win you games if you're a good team um and and like i don't know i'm not gonna expect him to score at every single game read your on sack
1: well i mean one you know it's not like Mariota didn't score 40 points a game consistently but anyways i did, did was it him? i mean here's the thing it's like was it him okay like, but we can't act like lincoln riley is not a generational offensive coordinator who's already produced two heisman winners recently mm-hmm. and then that his, I mean, his receivers are very good. His receivers are better than Oregon's receiver rooms were in those years. Like, not better um, than their, their run games, though.
0: I would say if, like, I uh, mean, it's like uh, USC's receivers versus
1: Oregon's run game, it's like I'd probably pick Oregon's run game by a good margin. Maybe. I mean, Lloyd is a good back. I don't know. Those Oregon backs were good as well. But, anyways, yeah, okay. I just, would you take, I mean, are you going to take him over
0: Kenyon Barner then?
1: Since let's go ahead and say it. No, no, I, I wouldn't so. <laughs> take him over Kenyon Barner, but I think that it's close enough that I feel like I, I like Caleb Williams is still in a his defense sucks, but he's in a good situation offensively. There's no question about that. Like his receivers are good. He has an awesome head coach and offensive coordinator. So uh, I, I just like don't understand the idea that it's all a one-man show he is set up pretty well we have seen people succeed in this exact same system to maybe not the same degree but like a similar tune um and ultimately like he didn't play Oregon in Washington last year what was that USC team actually I get he has to play the teams on his schedule but sitting back at the end of the season in 2022 USC had the probably the fourth or fifth best team in the Pac-12 and I think this year they're at a similar spot and to me that's that's just not enough to to say in week six that he's the greatest quarterback in Pac-12 history when he hasn't even had a a top three team in the conference any year yeah I mean I
0: I don't just don't feel like that's on him (laughs) like don't feel like that's Caleb Williams fault. it's like you know it's the argument for like it's like the Lebron. I'm, this is a tired argument. I don't want to get into this. Like the, it's like the Lebron James versus Michael Jordan argument. Michael Jordan, a more accomplished player, has all the championships, never lost in the finals, all this other stuff. We'd probably, I don't. I'd be curious to hear. What, I mean, no, I'm not curious to hear right now. <laughs> Le, but like, I'd pick Lebron over Michael Jordan because of what he did and how how much he had to carry those teams to like NBA finals and I feel like the Caleb Williams argument is kind of similar except he doesn't have like 20 years to prove himself in college right like he has 4 he has th- he had 2 at USC so i just you know i just think he's doing stuff uh I, I just think he's doing stuff with teams that aren't worth a shit in
1: most Pac-12 seasons they just they just aren't. But so. Cam Cam Rising and Michael Penix's teams weren't good before they took over too. Like it's not a rare phenomenon that a great team is led by a quarterback who's somewhat irreplaceable. Like- but Cam Rising I don't think is like Cam Rising is not leading his team to
0: God, Like They backed into the Pac-12 title game last year. The yeah. year before that, they, like, they
1: had a couple of I mean, dumb losses, Rising's, even with Cam Rising Rising's in. team played Caleb Williams' team twice and won both times. So to, to <laughs> not, make the, because, to make the not, argument that Cam Rising Cam can Rising elevate was, his team to the heights of, USC, <laughs> of Caleb Williams' USC teams is ironic. And yeah. Cam Rising was undeniably great
3: against USC. Like yeah, he, he was had great, a he was fantastic. fantastic
0: game. I'm not trying to say he's close to Caleb Williams level, but five. like Utah's right. run game is like Utah's run game is better than Cam Rising is in his performance. Cam Rising is great, but like Utah's run Ooh. game is the real like over 2021 and 2022 would say that was like the core thing that they did extremely
1: well in 2021 yeah, he makes it great yeah with 2021 a different quarterback it, it didn't work before he showed true. up it hasn't worked this season after he's left so it,
0: 2021 it's a different style is the you, point point. And, and utah's defense 2021 defense for utah really good 2022 you can go back greg what do you think of 2022 utah's defense you've said it's what? good
3: why? Uh, no, no, I <laughs> why hate 2022 u defense. Just, it was bad. Yeah, it yeah. was bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, why are we? so much okay. to say
2: about Cal.
0: Okay, all right. Let's get on <laughs> with this. We have to talk about Arizona because poor Arizona is getting the short shrift. They got a lot of stuff to talk about. Let's move on to, to the Wildcats. Uh, <laughs> Greg, you have a lot of thoughts about Arizona. <laughs> Let's start with you. Arizona, damn near pulls it off. Damn near pulls off a... a, a An upset, uh, one of the biggest upsets in Pac-12 history, Uh, 21-point dogs coming into this game. What did you think of what they did? Do you feel differently about Arizona?
3: Arizona fans, you may be looking to me right now for praise. You may be looking for me to pat you on the back for almost beating USC, but that's not what I'm going to do. Your coach is a fucking dumbass. He's terrible. He is so fucking bad. Matt called him uh, desert crystal ball. That's exactly what he fucking is, okay? He has no idea what he's doing in game. No idea. At any point, he's just so fucking dumb. What was he doing at the end of regulation? Arizona has the ball. They are driving. They are getting whatever they want on the ground versus USC and they want to burn you, you theoretically would like to burn the clock so that USC does not have a chance to go and score. He decides to take a deep shot to Tet McMillan. Now, mid-game, if this was not the end of regulation, I think, okay, that's that's a justifiable play call. But even if that goes well, even if you get that and now you have the ball inside the USC five. You're still scoring too quickly. You're still giving three minutes to Caleb Williams to march back down the field. Why are you doing this? You're just opening yourself up to go to overtime. What you should be doing is running the ball just like you have been, just like it's been working. The only way you're going to burn enough clock is if you just keep running the ball and then getting the field goal. And, like, you win this game in regulation if you do that. For some reason, he decides to take a shot, and then it's fourth and seven, and he kicks the field goal that his kicker can't make, fifty Everyone yarder,
1: <laughs> a fifty
3: yarder. <laughs> his kickers never even attempted one of those before. What is he doing? He makes that. Like, uh, I mean, he misses that kick, of course, and then just gets so lucky, so so lucky, over and that over Link again. And Riley like Kyle Whittingham hits level the as well. Yeah, like <laughs> Lincoln Riley had a terrible last drive. USC. Forgets that they have a timeout and almost lets the clock run out. Like, oh my god! Then USC is going to take the field goal. It's gonna, it's gonna win by some miracle. The long <laughs> snapper has, I don't know what happens. He just has the worst play of his life,
0: <laughs> and yeah, then he dies. Yeah, that miracle, right? Like USC, <laughs> USC just goes all the way down and is like, all right, chip shot, and then
1: yeah, it's a hot ass <laughs>
0: snap. Like it's and it's fucking chaotic. Like it's crazy, and then. Uh, our homie Andrew overtime. said, I'll just kick a field goal on the road at USC and then be confident my defense will stop the greatest <laughs> yes. offensive juggernaut for the last
3: 10 yes. years. Yes! <laughs> what are you doing?
0: And then we go to overtime.
3: You win the toss, thankfully, which means you have a chance to win this game right there without giving it back to USC's offense. And you decide to fucking kick it? What are you doing? Why? You're gonna have to go for two in the next overtime anyway. Why are you not prepared to do it now when it wins you
2: the game? You well, he was not prepared idiot. to go for two in the next overtime because he That's threw true, his field doesn't goal doesn't unit out know there. The name. he does fucking
3: yeah. know the rules. Why doesn't he know the rules? <laughs> what?
0: What? <laughs> he was the... not prepared. My and fucking hell! It doesn't end there.
3: It doesn't end there because Noah Fafita was great in this game. He was fantastic. Everything you could want from an Arizona quarterback. And yet he has said multiple times that when the other quarterback is healthy, that will be the quarterback that starts. Just so fucking stupid. I've said enough.
0: Yeah. Here's what's what's like absolutely absurd to me is that like Jet Fish, like Monday, Sunday through Friday, I think is a really good coach. Like... For Arizona to be in this position is like – and this isn't a fluke like, oh, man, USC just didn't have their shit together. They damn near took down Washington last week. Their loss to Mississippi State on the road was in overtime. Like these are three really brutal losses, and they've looked really good otherwise. Like I think Arizona might be a dangerous team. I think they're going to get one of these because Jetfish Fish is like Sunday to Friday very good. Saturday, we've seen it time and time again. This is also just not a one-time thing with Jet Fish. We've seen it time and time again. Makes these stupidest fucking decisions late in games... When like his team, like you can't afford for a team like Arizona that's going to be sitting at the margins, you can't afford to like have your coach lose games like that. And he lost them this game. He lost this, th- them this game by not going for two. They, you're telling me you're they're not going to be able to convert. He doesn't feel confident converting a two point conversion. They to already go for converted the win? a two point conversion. And against USC's <laughs> defense, which is like not stopping them at all. They like, were automatic
2: against USC's defense. Like it's ridiculous.
0: Um, but, like, you know, just to be positive about Arizona, Noel is awesome. Like, he does not have a ton of talent. Like, he's not, like, super big. He doesn't have a super strong arm. He's not, like, super fast. But he's just, like, really smart, really mature. He plays, like, a fifth-year quarterback um and and you know has enough arm strength to like make the throws he absolutely needs to make he's not going to get it into tight windows and like zip it in there but like he does enough uh he has enough uh in his uh toolkit physically but he's just like a super smart mature player like i was impressed with him i thought this was an absolutely impre- uh, uh, absurd performance from him helped a lot by jacob Cowing, by the way Jacob Cowing is a fucking guy. Um, he looks like Arizona's best receiver. Ted McMillan was awesome in this game. But it's clear that it's like, hey, if we're in a, in a bind, like just find Cowing. He's going to be there. He's It's been that way for a couple of years now. And I was sort of like, I don't know. I think Dorian Singer might be better than Jacob Cowing. I think very clearly – I mean, first of all, Dorian Singer – transferred to USC to like be buried on the depth chart which is like absolutely absurd. I don't I don't blame Should've him stayed. for
2: transferring considering the quarterback situation when he left. That's true. He got like, to fight I with gotten quarterback. the fuck out of there too.
0: Yeah, it's true. You're absolutely right. But it's like Jacob Cowing is uh magnificent. And Jonah Coleman too, like running all up and down USC's ass. Like they had uh, USC had absolutely no answers uh yeah. for Jonah Coleman. He had 21 carries, 137 yards, 6.5 yards per play, success rate of 62% when he ran the and ball. And he's not their RB1. Right. He should right. be now. Right. But. He should be now. Michael Wiley's good, but he's not he's not what uh-huh. Jonah Coleman did in this game. So grapes you had many. It seems like you have a lot of thoughts about Arizona.
2: Yeah. Um, a couple of things. I did not play football growing up. I played Madden a little bit. I am convinced I could coach a better in game performance than Jetfish. <laughs> like imagine what like someone who played a lot of Madden could do for Arizona. Um, he's terrible with the quarterback controversy. Jed Fish has been like very open about JDL's injuries. Like Greg already said, it he's planning on starting that other quarterback if he's healthy. And if that's the case, Jed Fish, I am in your walls. You're a fucking idiot. No, Fafita has more chemistry with this team than I've seen from any Arizona quarterback. What in like five years? I don't even fucking know. Like. It is a completely different team with him playing. We like joked about it when he came in against Stanford, but like seriously, I've have never been so impressed with Arizona. Like, wow, they look great with no Fafita there. I, I hope he gets the starting job because he definitely deserves it. Um, yeah, I hate Jetfish. I think I think we should fight fist fight Jetfish in a parking lot. This <laughs> motherfucker does not know what he's doing in game. Sprinkle
3: yeah. some holy water on him.
0: Yeah, yeah. seriously uh reed what did you think of uh arizona
1: jetfish this performance i think the point is well made like that he is he is a sunday through friday coach for sure i mean he the talent that he's brought over to arizona is super impressive they're a much better roster like the receivers are genuine game changers which is a huge thing to have in college football today but at the same time the lack of a killer instinct here the lack of going for two like that was That cost Arizona the game. That was their shot there. And and right there, if you don't do that, you're sacrificing like, you know, twenty percent win probability right there. Like just shooting yourself in the foot because it turns into Caleb Williams' first Noah Fafita. And as as cool as Noah Fafita's performance was, and as much as he came through, like he's just not gonna win that battle in his second ever start with he's he's not going you're not gonna call an iso for no noah Fafita for two <laughs> and he's gonna break down a defender in space and then truck him like that's not gonna happen <laughs> and you're playing another team who who like has that pocket has that card in their back pocket um yeah I don't know the the adjustments were just frustrating get a real o c get uh like i mean the defense was good for what they have for sure uh But get a real OC and like then we can talk. I think they, you know, we'll see what happens this year. I don't know who they're going to get. Maybe they have Oregon State and UCLA at home after a bye in a few weeks here. And that was a stretch I circled early. Like if Arizona wants to jump into the top half of the conference, you, you get a win over one or both of those teams and that's how you do it.
0: Yeah, we knew that this stretch for Arizona was going to be absolutely brutal. Uh they had they do have a brutal stretch here. They're halfway through it, uh or maybe even yeah, about halfway through it. Um and uh, we'll see. Let's talk about refereeing in this game. <laughs> uh because this was a quintessential Pac-12 ref game. Just just classic like pulled straight from the archives. I don't even know where to where to start. Um I guess <laughs> Uh, an absurd number of flags thrown in this game. I think many of them fine. I, I don't know the penalties were like particularly bad down the stretch. There were some really brutal penalties. There was a roughing the passer on Caleb Williams that Arizona got called for. That like that was weak. They had one that was bad and then one that was weak, weak, weak. Shit. Uh, they missed on a couple of calls late. There was at one point USC like had uh, t- Caleb Williams had taken a shot into the end zone, ghosted through his receiver's hands we sort of think that the, the that that's done like we don't like okay cool play over there's a flag ref comes in and says oh uh defensive holding on arizona penalties decline touchdown and the broadcasters are like no that's not a touchdown like what are you watching he's like they're they're like insulting the refs yeah. he's like you you need to pay attention like that was not a touchdown it wasn't even close and then like 10 <laughs> seconds later the ref is like oh sorry what oh uh the, there is not a touchdown <laughs> The most Pac-12 ref I've, shit I've ever seen, and the and like, there's a couple of other times too where it was like, it was more than a couple, yeah. And, and the broadcast was like, what is wrong with these guys? Like they yeah. were they were grill. I've never seen a broadcast crew grill referees the way that,
2: especially this broadcast crew,
0: yeah. That, that says say nothing, nothing yeah.
2: over and over again. Like the fact that they took a stance here is
0: insanity. <laughs> like.
2: It was so so obvious ref ball like I don't like buying into the narrative that the refs are there to help out USC. I think they just don't know how to ref football. Yeah, I don't know if it was pro USC or not, but it was fucking bad. It It was bad. bad. It It shouldn't have
1: been a touchdown at the end of the first half though, right? I mean, did everyone agree with that? The, the Kyron Ware-Hudson catch like with two seconds yes. left in the first half yes. where he's yeah. falling forward, and the ball hit the ground. Did yeah, it not? Then there, was
2: a, <laughs> then there was a touchdown catch later that was a
0: catch, and they
2: ruled it as not a touchdown.
0: And then there was a USC
2: like catch yeah, that was not a catch
0: about. that did get counted as a yeah, touchdown. Yeah,
2: yeah,
3: yeah. Um, it doesn't make any sense. Insane. Insane, especially performance. when they
2: spend 15 minutes <laughs> watching the replays, and it's yeah.
0: Like, oh my god!
2: What are you seeing? <laughs> yeah, like ridiculous. we can clearly see it. I yeah. love that. Just
3: every every Pac-12 fan who was watching this game took out their anger on those refs because I feel like every fan base has those experiences where they think that the refs are against them against USC. I saw tweets from so many fan bases just like, this is the most rigged shit I've ever seen. (laughs) I can't believe they're being this
0: open about it. Uh, It was so funny. Bring back Michael Mothershed. Wild game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring back Michael Mothershed. He would have fixed all this. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on to the next game. This one was Almost equally chaotic, uh, UCLA beats Washington State 25-17 to in Los Angeles. As I have told everyone, this game was a defensive slugfest for the most part. Uh, but in the end, UCLA prevailed over the Cougs. UCLA's defense in particular shut down the Cougs, holding them to just 216 total yards, 11 first downs, 12 rushing yards. Uh, Wazoo made UCLA... Play pretty ugly offense too. Dante Moore threw two first half picks and Carson Steele ran the ball thirty times for just 140 yards. It's only 4.7 yards per carry. Sounds kind of decent. It wasn't that great. Uh, this was a rock fight if I've ever seen one. Let's start with UCLA first, then we'll move on to Wazoo in a bit. Uh, I, I guess I'll start with UCLA's performance in this game because uh, I had this initially written for Matt, and I'm already here. Uh, and I, you know, watch was watching this game like a like a fucking. Um, Beast. Monster. I was, like, yelling at my TV for the first time in a while. I was so invested in this, and partly it's because Avery was investing her... – I was talking a lot of shit, and then Avery was throwing herself in as a Wazoo fan, which we'll get to. Um, UCLA's defense is is good. Like, I, like, it's 1A and 1B for Utah, and UCLA is the best defense in the Pac-12. I think we – I had some concerns and some wonderings about, like, UCLA hasn't really played a great de- offense. Like, Utah sucks offensively. Holding them to one touchdown is, like, not – like, it's impressive for any team to do that, but it has to be weighed uh, appropriately because it's Utah. Their non con wasn't that good. They didn't play very many good teams. Um, and so I was, I was sort of worried. Washington State is like, they were top five nationally in a bunch of offensive metrics. Like, they had, by all metrics, an elite offense, and they did it against some good competition Wisconsin. They did it against Oregon State. UCLA made them look like Utah honestly Cam Ward was all out of sorts uh they were getting to Cam Ward constantly he was not comfortable at all he threw a couple of really horrible picks he was running into sacks it looked like 2022 Cam Ward all over again um the receivers not really there for them the run game was more than non-existent it was useless um wazoo's offense was shut down uh it was shocking to watch Leatu Latu I think the best pass rusher we've seen in the Pac 12 since Kayvon Thibodeau. Like, he's getting to the point where, like, Kayvon Thibodeau is like affecting games with how aggressively he's getting at the quarterback and how consistently he's getting home. And UCLA is getting home with three pass rushers at this point. Like, they are getting, and that was with like max protection. Like, UCLA's pass rush is very, very, very good. And they're secondary. I think I've upgraded them from like, they're okay to being probably pretty good they were making tackles in space uh they were batting away balls getting insane pass breakups despite some really great throws from cam ward uh this was for me it's it's ucla's defense is, is number one a at this point with with utah like they're tied um and then everyone else there's some good defenses here don't get me wrong but everyone else is sort of is is in the next tier. so yeah offensively dog shit performance uh i think they figured some stuff out in the second half, they played a much cleaner game. Tante Moore was a little bit more comfortable. The run game, I don't know. Carson Steele, I think, was their best option in this game, but he wasn't like great. So they still have some questions, but Washington State's defense is genuinely good. Like, that's there's no knock on Washington State's defense. I think they actually made UCLA look ugly again. So that is my thought. Reed, what did you see in UCLA in this game?
1: I think you hit it on the defensive side. UCLA's pass rush versus Wazoo's o- O-line was the biggest mismatch that determined this game. Uh, but the fact that UCLA wasn't horrible in the secondary was was pretty, you know, good. Uh, I and mean, they were straight uh, up, up good. Yeah, right. It was like that helped them to another degree to get those plays, to get Washington State off schedule. And Washington State hurt themselves with some turnovers and fumbles as well. So it was a... I mean, to hold Washington State to 10 offensive points after what we've seen Wazoo do early in the season is truly an absurd, like, nationally elite defensive performance from everything we know so far. Um, On offense, I think, like, there's some question marks with UCLA still. I feel like they're very much a work in progress. Uh, Dante Moore, like, has it at times. Other times he doesn't. He threw a big pick six at the end of the half to – give wasu another hope in this game uh you know early on he wasn't getting trusted a ton and it was like okay we're just gonna have carson Steele churn out four yard carries uh, like the fact that carson Steele ran for 140 yards and had a long of 13 is so fucking funny but crazy. it's crazy <laughs> it's not remotely surprising if you watch the game because that's what he does you know he puts his shoulder down <laughs> he meets someone within three yards of the line of scrimmage and drives them another, you know, yard to eight yards. And that's, like, what he did consistently in this game. That was kind of the motor that drove this UCLA offense. Um, So I'm curious. I'm curious about, like, what UCLA could be if they actually strung this offense together. If Chip figures some things out and they pair it with a top 10 defense nationally, potentially, like, how good can they be, given that they miss... Washington and Oregon, there is some hope here for UCLA to really do something. Um, at the same time, the offense isn't there yet. And I'm not sure if it's a Dante Moore will get there by the end of the year type thing or if he'll get there in year two or year three. I think he'll get there eventually. But uh, that's going to be the question for what UCLA's ceiling can be this season. Yeah.
0: Only his second game against a Power Five team. He's super young, a lot of inexperience, and I think that showed the here today. UCLA, though, Chip Kelly did give him some easier stuff to do, some rollouts. some like they, Before, it was like, yeah, I'm just going to like drop back and see if he can survey the field and then figure something out, but much easier stuff to do. Greg, what did you think of UCLA's performance?
3: Yeah, the defense is insane. It's so good. Leatu Latu is a clear front runner for Pac-12 Defense of the Player of the Year, I think. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone in his class, really. Except for, I mean, like maybe Cole Bishop, but I don't. I, I really think it's it's Latu Latu's award to lose at this point, and that's not just projections like it was before the season. He's backed it up so far, and then some. He's a great player, and it's not just him on that UCLA defense. They have been great in against Washington State. They were great in like the entire defense. There were no holes. It was fantastic to watch as an enjoyer of defensive football. Uh Lynn, the new DC for for UCLA this year, has done a phenomenal job. Just incredible job. Even last year when UCLA had a defense that we thought was pretty solid, like the jump that they have taken this year is extremely impressive to me. I think that this is a guy who will probably become a head coach in the next few years if he keeps this up. Uh What else to say? I thought UCLA was definitively the better team in this one. Uh, Their offense had a much easier time moving the ball than Washington State's offense. And if not for that Dante Moore pick six and some other miscues, I think UCLA wins this even more comfortably. I don't think it's as close at the end as it was. I still think UCLA's defense is going to be tested more than they were today. Like, I get Washington State... Their offense has been incredible so far, but I think they're the kind of team that, because of the lack of talent, specifically the lack of talent on the line of scrimmage, uh, is going to kill mediocre to bad teams, but when they face those truly great teams, they're going to really struggle. I'm really excited to see this UCLA defense against Washington's offense. Or, or do they play this year? They don't. Nope. Yeah, That's, they played last year.
0: That is That's a such big a reason why my <laughs> ten and two UCLA take, like they don't play Oregon and they don't play Washington. Yeah, they got an easy schedule this year, but they've got uh, they their, get USC still.
1: The the big thing <laughs> is their three hardest games are on the road at Oregon State, Ooh. at Arizona, and at USC. Yeah. That's gonna determine it.
3: That Oregon State game will be so interesting as well, just seeing how they defend an offense that's pretty unique. Uh, but I, I think so much high, more highly of, of UCLA. I don't think they're going to go to the conference championship game because I don't think Dante Moore's ready. Uh, I think he makes too many mistakes to get them there. But they are really impressive, and I think I think the future is pretty bright for UCLA going to the big 10 they could have they could be pretty good year one
0: (laughs) yeah they they might be they're gonna lose a lot but i think uh, this is an encouraging performance yeah just a bit on the schedule they got at oregon state at stanford home against colorado at arizona home against arizona state at usc home against cal it's not crazy to think that they that they lose it's not crazy to think they run the table by the way i like i think that at oregon state is i think this is gonna sound crazy their toughest game left Like, I know at USC is there. I know USC is always hard. I know Caleb Williams is an absolute magician. But, like, given what Arizona and Colorado and Arizona State have done with USC, it feels like UCLA might have a a better chance. So, uh, grapes. Any thoughts about UCLA before we go to Reed and then move on to Wazoo? Uh,
2: Didn't Reed already go. Um, Anyways, sorry. I... People are going to watch this game. People are going to look at the box score. I know the box score checkers are fucking animals out there. It's going to (laughs) say, Cam Ward is bad. See, I told you Cam Ward is bad. No, UCLA has the best defense in the conference. I'm putting on my propaganda hat. Like it's clear to me now. UCLA has an incredible defense. They played against Wazoo's offense, who is genuinely really good. I fucking hate talent. Talent is my number one enemy. It ruins my life every step of the way. But like talent just means more. And that was the case here. Like Wazoo's offensive line has had so much improvement that like from last year, but they're just not talented enough to compete against such talented teams like UCLA. So UCLA's defense was amazing. Cam Ward didn't have a good game, but like it's very clear to me like the winner here was UCLA's defense. And I had a lot of questions about them i feel like a stupid dum dum, but you got to live in the moment i'm not going to sit around saying i just need my questions answered before i can have a take make takes now apologize later
0: (laughs) so true so true uh reed one last thought about ucla before we move on to wazoo
1: yeah i just wanted to say uh ucla is ninth in beta rank right now like And a lot of betting models have them pretty high. (laughs) Uh, I think it kind of, you know, some of that maybe factors in how good offensively they were last year and a hope that that can be replicated at some point. If it is, this, we need to recalibrate like what UCLA ceiling is. uh, Definitely like they could be a top 10 team. Yeah.
0: UCLA right now, 16th in SP plus as well. Uh, 23rd offense, 14th. Defense. I think I think the weird thing about UCLA and I think SP plus S P plus privileges I think yards a bit more than like beta rank. They privilege points. UCLA is moving the ball. Like they're moving the they moved the ball against um Washington State. They started sort of moving the ball against Utah uh in the second half. So We'll see. I think they're going to be favored in uh, a ton of games this year. I think the game against Oregon State, they will not be favored per SP+. I don't know if we have lines yet, but uh, it's going to be interesting. All right, let's move on to talk about Wazoo. Uh, Washington State drops their first game of the season after, I mean, they were ranked 13th. Avery, you were very invested in Washington State this week. What, What went wrong for the Cougs against UCLA?
2: This week was like so fun because I haven't had a passion about a specific team like this in years and I was like man why doesn't everyone do this and then they (laughs) lost and I was like I understand now why I don't fucking do this oh my god that was the worst thing ever um yeah I talked a lot of shit like I still feel fine about Wazoo considering how much talent they have but UCLA is great I was a UCLA hater capital H big quality win here for UCLA um the turnovers ah lots of bad things from washington state's offense here like these fumbles were just stupid like ucla was going for the ball they punched the ball out but like this is just like this is first day stuff for for offenses catch the ball hold on to the ball don't drop the ball they dropped the ball and this was literally. a very different They literally just kept <laughs> dropping the ball. Um there was a couple of drop passes. I remember uh, Cam Ward had a guy for a touchdown. Basically, it just went straight through his hands. Oh. Like Cam Ward was hitting these receivers where he needed to, and they either didn't catch the ball or they fumbled it. And that was really frustrating to watch. Obviously Cam Ward didn't have a perfect game. He had two interceptions, but those were also good plays by UCLA. So it's really hard for me to be like yeah come on wazoo's offense when like ucla was making the defensive plays but i don't think worse of wazoo for this and i already can anticipate how people are going to talk about washington state after this game and it's like making me defensive already but yeah (laughs) i was wrong about ucla i maybe overhyped washington state a little bit too much but like like i said you got to live in the moment you have to have fun i'm just having fun (laughs)
0: she's just having fun I don't think you were over hyping Wazoo but uh, Greg what did you think of Wazoo's performance what went wrong for the Cougs
3: yeah I I agree with almost everything Avery said Uh, the way I feel about Washington State hasn't changed a lot it's more the way I feel about UCLA has changed Uh, uh, yeah I think pretty much the same way about Washington State as I did before I think they just ran into a team that has a lot of players that are better than anyone they have Uh, cam ward like avery said i thought that was a really good point don't think he had a particularly bad game like he made a lot of good plays i think he did as much as you can expect from the washington state quarterback in that moment uh there were a few mistakes like he did throw two picks and there was one play where i don't know how he didn't get called for intentional grounding but he drops back (laughs) escapes pressure and instead of like running away I think he just didn't know they were still there, and he spins around directly into them and launches the ball to nowhere before he can get hit. Uh, that was just clear as day, intentional grounding. The refs didn't call it. That was another game that was—I th- felt like the refs were pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> I know UCLA fans were mad about them, but uh, Washington State just— doesn't have the guys and that's okay. Uh <laughs> you're Washington State. We knew you didn't have the guys. You still played pretty well. I thought they acquitted themselves well. They are not fraudulent. Definitively not fraudulent. This is a good team, but they are what they are. Uh, and I think
0: still a great coaching job by Jake Dickert uh this season. Reed, what do you think about Washington State? You feel the same way you feel like uh feel positive about this win, even, even positive about
1: this despite the loss? I feel like we're letting Wazoo off the hook a little bit here.
2: Shut up, breed. <laughs> no shit.
1: They were ranked 13th going into this game. That's we true. Were, that's we, true. We went into this like this was a prove it game for Wazoo to say no, we really are conference title contenders. Uh, and I get that's obviously a high bar, but they scored 10 offensive points. Like they didn't compete in this game. I went into the first half like they they really sputtered they turned the ball over they looked shook and then they got that pick six and and it was like okay that's the reset button they needed let's see if they can come out of half and actually start to like march toward a win here and and look like the wazoo team that they were for the first four weeks and they didn't they lost it again in the second half they did the same stuff over and over again and they just weren't You know, they weren't a top 15 team. I think they're good, but I think, again, they look now more like that separator between the really good teams and the just okay teams in the Pac 12. Um, And I feel like, you know, this tells me a lot about Wazoo. This tells me something about Oregon State, too. It's interesting that we now have a little circle of suck uh in the you know <laughs> second half contenders list of the Pac-12 where UCLA beat Wazoo, Wazoo beat Oregon State, Oregon State beat Utah, Utah beat UCLA. Yeah. Um it's hard to say like how to sort those teams, but I think UCLA now I feel like this was actually the most one of the most dominant performances from that and I think their loss against Utah was most excusable. Um anyways, I just I was bummed about Wazoo. I thought that this could be an opportunity to really make a statement and vault themselves to something bigger. And I think that this season is just turning into a pretty good one, but not a special one, potentially. Yeah. I think a win here would have, I mean,
0: that would have elevated them in on the road against a pretty good UCLA team. I think would have elevated them in a lot of people's minds. And it was sort of a missed opportunity.
2: They're five and one.
0: They are five and one.
2: They're five and one Wazoo.
0: I think they, they're fine. Yeah. The problem is that their schedule is much harder than UCLA's. They've got to play wa- They've got to play Washington. They've got to play Oregon. That's um, all.
2: That's all they. The, I mean, they, pl- they play t- Arizona at home. Uh, yeah, they play Oregon on the road. That's a loss. They play Arizona State on the road. They play Stanford. They play Cal. Yeah. They play Colorado. Like, I yeah, they'll probably lose to Oregon and Washington.
0: Okay, nine and three is pretty good. That's not special though. Like, I think that's the, you know, if they, if they manage to beat now, Arizona is going to be tough. Um, I think that will be a really difficult game, but you're right. Yeah, We'll see. Um, Okay. That's it. That's all we had for the big two games here. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll get to the rest of the games. We'll play a little games ourselves and make some game predictions.
2: Hey, besties! You already know that my favorite thing about the Pac-12 are its weird traditions and wacky vibes. And Home Field Apparel does an incredible job of creating gear that encompasses the strange histories of the Pac-12 conference. For example, this UW Sun Dodgers T-shirt. If you have never seen this logo before, I don't blame you because this was only UW's mascot for less than two years in the early 1920s. Nobody knew what a Sun Dodger was, so they ended up voting to get rid of it. But in short time they did have it they went with sunny boy here with a little umbrella i love wearing this shirt i think it confuses everyone around me they have tons of amazing interesting and unique throwbacks for 11 of the 12 pack 12 schools and you can get all of that and more at HomeFieldApparel.com. you will not regret it literally ask anyone that owns a home field shirt they will tell you how soft it is it is truly amazing i don't know how they do it but the quality I don't take them off. I live in these. They're incredible. Get a home field shirt. Bye.
0: Let's talk about the rest of this slate. Rapid fire. First up, Oregon State beat Cal in a good old fashioned West Coast shootout in Berkeley. The Beavs prevailed over the Bears 52 to 40 thanks to five passing touchdowns from DJ Lile. Uh, just 25 attempts. Avery, you are locked into this one, I am sure. What was your quick take from the bees' performance against Cal?
2: Fernando Mendoza. Learn his name. It's so Justin Wilcox. Red, our buddy Rex said this. To have a quarterback controversy and trot out a third secret quarterback <laughs> that no one's ever heard of, and he's clearly the best. Oregon State pulled their shit together in the second half. I was really amazed. First half, scary hours, but Cal... Am I Cal-curious? I am. I am.
1: <laughs> Read. I am not Cal-curious anymore. <laughs> Cal plays Utah in Rice-Eccles, USC at Autzen against Oregon, and Washington State in their next four weeks. I am not watching any of those games, hopefully. <laughs> Thank God we finally can move past Cal. We live in a post-Cal universe. Goodbye. <laughs> Greg. Um... Yeah, I think that Washington,
3: Oregon State is one of the most fun teams to watch, if not the most fun team to watch for me in the conference. Their run game is great. DJU can make some throws that are really impressive, and the defense isn't bad in a way that's offensive. So, like, I enjoy watching Oregon State games. Cal might be fun to watch now.
0: What the fuck?
3: Uh, this is yeah, it was a good game to watch. Yep.
0: Yeah. Cal was a little spicy in this one. I sort of thought, okay, is Cal gonna do something here? In the end, Oregon State was a little bit too much, but this was the classic, like, this is the game that DJU... This is what Jonathan Smith should be doing. Give DJU not a ton to do, but give him the right stuff to do, and he can do it. Uh, This is a very... You're all going to hate me. Greg and Avery are going to hate me. This is a Tyler Huntley game. Like, you got to... I <laughs> want you to die
2: <laughs> so badly. If you badly. think five touchdowns is a Tyler Huntley game, I yeah. will take it. DJU. Huntley DJ would have one of these games. And Tyler Huntley are
3: just completely different quarterbacks. You don't have to call every quarterback who throws not a lot Tyler Huntley. I promise <laughs> you, you don't have to do that. They're not at all similar.
0: By the way, funny thing about DJU, One of just uh, again, another week of oh, he's dropping some fucking dimes in the, like, from bombs from 40 yards out and then, like, completely misses screens and (laughs) drop-offs. Does not make any sense to me. Like, don't know what's going on with DJU that it's like, if you have him throw deep, he's going to be money every time. Uh, Also, Aiden Childs only threw two passes but looked really good. (laughs) I'm really excited about the Aiden Childs era uh, at Oregon State. So let's see how that goes. All right, lastly, Colorado beat ASU in Tempe. 27 to 24 what was a quintessential classic mid-off uh reed any thoughts about this game
1: mid-off is the right word for this one uh <laughs> i think we can definitively say colorado is mid uh and that's slander and then we can say asu is mid and that's compliment uh <laughs> yeah that's that's how i feel about it greg yeah,
3: yeah, it was a mid-off. It was not fun to watch. <laughs> um, I, I was really, really waiting for this one to end. I'm not gonna lie, but I was happy for ASU that they played well, and I guess I don't know. Colorado, I still think they might, they, they might be able to make a bowl. They gotta beat Arizona if they're gonna do it though. And oh boy, I, <laughs> I think Arizona's, uh, Arizona's better. I think Arizona's I think really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. It's tough. It's tough. But, uh, you know, I'm happy for both of these teams that they're so much better than a lot of people thought they would be preseason.
2: Grapes? Arizona State, man. So close. (laughs) That would have been a huge win for them. And it's just like looking at the rest of their schedule. Are they going to win another game? Are they going to win a conference game? Don't feel good about it. Did they get
3: Stanford? Or did they already play Stanford? Just, they don't play no. Stanford this they year. They don't play Stanford. Oh, no.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, it's tough for Arizona State. I don't know why, but they're they're very likable. Yeah, uh, big mid off if you go to you know, Game on Paper, if you like if you ever gone to GameOnPaper.com and just find a game and look at it, you typically see one team has a lot of green, Laza has another purple. Maybe they both have a lot of green, they both had big offensive days or they both struggled, right? They're both they're all purple. That means their offensive numbers are really, really bad, so their defenses were good or whatever. You go to this game, it's mostly white. <laughs> It's no green and purple. It's, they were just in the middle of everything. <laughs> Big time mid off. Uh, Colorado's lines are bad. Arizona State's lines are bad. So it was kind of fun in that sense. But then it just got really weird and really ugly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Colorado won this game. It was in Tempe. Good for them. They're, I think they're absolutely going to beat the shit out of Stanford in Boulder. Five and two though. So five and two if they get there. It's pretty good. Like Wait, that's. But-
1: before we go, I want to say the stoppable force versus the movable object. <laughs> Turned out Colorado couldn't run in this game. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I want to use that to, again, dunk on USC.
0: How did USC <laughs> allow 200
1: rushing yards to this Colorado team?
0: To be fair, really- Anthony Hankerson did have a pretty good outing, 10 yards, I mean, efficient outing, 10 carries, six yards, six yards per play. But yes, Colorado said, you know what? I think we'll shift our game plan to just running the ball against USC. Not a good look. Not a good look. Got some real issues there. All right. That's it. That's all we have. Rapid fire. Uh, Let's move on to play a little game of stonks. Q2 of the fiscal year of back 12 football. Let's get our calculators out. Make some money. Reed, how about you take us through this?
1: The end of week six marks the conclusion of quarter two in the No Truck Stops universe and thus reopens the trading in the Pac-12 stock market. In case you missed it, each team has a made-up dollar value assigned to them. And just like the real stock market, nobody is quite sure where this number comes from. Without further ado, here are the updated evaluations on every Pac-12 program. Washington is at the top at $70.00. Oregon is next at 65. USC has fallen quite a bit down to $40. Wazoo uh, and UCLA are tied at $35. Oregon State is at $30. Utah is at $25. Arizona up to $20, while Colorado's down to $20. And at the bottom, Arizona State, Cal, and Stanford all uh, at only $5 per share. Yeah, I had the
0: graphic up and realized that I mixed up the Q1 and the Q2 prices. So I will, I will fix that. Uh, how about we get an update on? Uh, let's get an update on how everyone is doing. I think I've got it up here. Uh, I lost it. It's I'm the so first sorry. Slide. It's the first slide. <laughs> I'm like looking for the slides. Where is our money at? What the hell? Um, no, it's not.
2: Uh, do you want it? me to read it? Yeah. Yeah, here- yeah. Oh yeah,
0: here we are. Okay. Thank you for that all right so here's and i lost it again holy shit we are we are having ourselves a day avery she made some money she made the most money second most money uh started with a hundred dollars now has 140 dollars by putting all of her eggs into the washington state (laughs) share surprise it surprise it went up surprise it went up. i'm not Uh, surprised i'm the only one who lost money here Uh, i had one share of utah one share of colorado one share of ucla colorado stock went down some ucla stock went up some Utah stock went down some, so that's where some of that uh, um, disparity is. Matt, he makes 10 bucks after his initial $100 investment. He had two shares of UCLA. Good for him. He had a share of Oregon State. He had two shares of Arizona State. Greg has $145 from the $100 that he started with. He had two shares of UCLA, one share of Oregon. It's paid off nicely for him. And Reed, he diversified his portfolio more than anyone does. He know, it seems to me like he knows the stock market a little too well, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> He's got one share of Oregon, one share of UCLA, one share of Arizona, one share of Cal. I believe those all have gone up. Is that right, Reed? Cal hasn't. Cal yeah, hasn't. For Cal. Cal has not. So, um, anyway, so that is where we are right now. It's time to make some investments. Reed, do you want to guide us through this?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, basically, you can wager as much of of your current uh, assets as you want to. Uh, We're going to just start with a clean slate. You ended the trades from last year, made your profits. Now take your money, invest what you want into new shares uh, with these updated prices. And we can start with Avery if you're ready.
2: Yeah, I'm going to do one share of Washington State at 35, and I believe that leaves me with 105. And I'm going to take one share of USC and then put the rest on Cal. $65 on Cal. How many? How much is that? Wow, okay. Have you <laughs> looked nice. at Cal's upcoming schedule?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, but I, the way I'm seeing and 6 this You're 0 on is Cal. Do you really want to put your own 17? money Cal? Listen, listen,
2: listen. <laughs> I don't think Reed... Obviously, we don't know how the stock market works, but I don't think Reed is purely looking at record here.
1: Mm. i hope not 13 shares of cal yeah (laughs) oh okay wow
2: listen i think i think i don't know how the stock market works but i think it would be really unfair if cal played these games close and competitively and reed didn't bump them up because they don't get to choose who they play they only get to choose how they play that
3: graphic's wrong still, right? right. Yeah, yeah, it's, I don't know it's yeah, wrong. It just go, wrong. To the, go to the
1: updated <laughs> prices right below it.
2: The QT, Q2. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's just go. Let's out of we'll here. Let's just look at the Q2 stonk yeah, market. Yeah, so give no, me
2: one share of Washington State, one share of USC, and 13 shares
0: of Cal.
1: <laughs>
2: Cal's $5. She got I have,
1: $65. Gonna put I it all on Cal. mad Crazy. Cal
2: disease. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, is, that is an absurd take. I... Again, I can't, did, I can't you imagine remember you're going to bump sc-
2: them down for losing to ranked teams.
1: While well, their is next court, their next quarter is Utah, USC, and Oregon, so we'll see. If you
2: only value records, fuck you. That's what I have to say. <laughs> I mean,
0: if they get beat down, I think I think that <laughs> stock market. I think the market will will correct on Cal <laughs> if uh, if they lose by thirty points in each of those. You're going
2: to drop them below Arizona State if they lose to three ranked teams. Please by thirty. Each? <laughs> I don't. It's not happening. Okay. She's, ranked bull- ranked She's teams, bullish. On like, She's, bullish on, Cal. She's <laughs> bullish on Cal.
0: She's bullish yeah. on Cal. All right, Although who's next?
1: Carlos, you're up next uh, with your measly $80 fund.
0: <laughs> I am going to go in Q2 with UCLA. I know they've got an Oregon State game that's coming up, but I think after that, it's a little smooth sailing. So give me one share of UCLA. So I got $50 left, right? Uh, 45 <sighs> $45 left. Um, Arizona's got a tough slate. But it's not all on record, right? Um, give me a share of Arizona. Um, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling a, little, I'm feeling a little, little something from them. So that leaves me with $25. That leaves me with like Utah or a bunch of... I can go the Avery route and just buy a bunch <laughs> of Cal stock. <laughs> Here's the thing. Now's the time to buy low on Utah. Because... Cam rising, is he back? I think this is getting exhausting. Uh, <laughs> if anyone has any insider information, uh Nobody I'd knows love shit. I
3: have heard I have heard that Keithy is likely back for Cal. However
2: They would have I leaked that can't, to freak Cal, I, Cal out.
3: I don't think they would. Okay, well, they, they clearly what, their only loyalty is to being Like, to lying. That's all they (laughs) want (laughs) to do. Yeah, so I've heard Keithy's likely back for Cal and Cam Rising is probably back for Cal also, but who fucking knows? Uh, I don't.
0: Yeah. (sighs) All right. Yeah, give me a share of Utah. Let's see if I'm buying low enough
1: on them. Awesome. Who's next? Uh, Matt, not here. I think we should put Matt all on Stanford. (laughs) (laughs) greg uh the leader in the clubhouse with 145 how much do you want to wager and on whom
3: well here's the thing here's the thing i should have so much more because i should have been allowed to short colorado stock Um, (laughs) but it's fine it's fine this is a tough one i really don't see a lot of opportunity for massive growth like i did last time uh I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a share of Oregon just because I think that... Oh, shit. Who who does Oregon play after Washington? Cal. Cal. uh, And then... And then USC. And then Utah, I think, actually. Oh, is it Utah? Okay, yeah. I'm going to take a share of Oregon because I think they'll beat Washington.
1: Mm. Uh, Hmm. And then... Wow.
3: I am going to go after that... I think what I'll do is double down on UCLA. I think that UCLA has treated me well. They've got Oregon State, Stanford, and Colorado. Now, Oregon State's a tough one, going to Corvallis. However, they get a bounce back against Stanford and Colorado, which I don't think will be—
2: (laughs) <laughs> well i just uh in terms of like don't you uh,
3: fucking dare no no <laughs> quality of games uh <laughs> bad bad Avery. don't <laughs> um i'm going to take two shares of ucla do I, I think i have enough money for that right that puts
1: me just below i think 140. so yeah five dollars left over one share of oregon to ucla
3: yeah Okay. No, you don't want and to use your $5 to I would have loved to put it on CAL because I would kind of with Avery and then it seems like CAL is on the up and up, but then I looked at the schedule and thought, "Oh, no, they're just going to get hammered 3 times." So, never mind.
2: Can I make a quick edit to mine? Sure. I think so, can I do instead of 13 shares of CAL, can I do 10 shares of CAL and 3 shares of Stanford?
0: <laughs> this yeah. is an interesting strategy, though, because I, I think
3: <laughs> I think she's right in that those numbers won't go lower. Yeah, and if you one of them know. just wins a game,
2: if anything, it's just a savings account. Yeah, don't don't fuck me, Reed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Reed, where are you going? Uh, I'm debating. I'm, my biggest investment is definitely going to be UCLA. How oh. much do you have again? I have 125 125 um, UCLA is $35, okay. Yeah, exactly. So I'm debating between two and three shares there. I think I'm going to do two for the sake of diversifying. And I think I'm going to take, oh, I think I'm going to take some Utah shares as well. Because I like that idea that Rising might be back after the buy. And I've seen Utah transform so many times. Maybe they can beat usc or oregon and bump their stock up a bit as well if they win one of those games that number will skyrocket right uh so i guess i'll take i think i can afford two shares of utah and two shares of ucla uh i think that's it yeah i'll take that all right all
0: right so there we are we'll see we'll check in again on in q3 see how we're doing here make some make some new investments great stuff all right let's move on to another segment this one's from avery's brain Eat again it's called the take wake where we lay to rest each of our preseason takes Uh, Avery, how about you explain to this to us how this will work?
2: Yeah. So my idea with the Take Wake is that some of us um, had some really bad preseason takes. And I think at this point of the season, following week six, some of these are confidently no longer with us. So I just wanted to go through and remember these takes so that we can carry on their legacy with us the rest of the season.
0: It's a great, great sentiment. We want to honor and respect all of our lovely takes that have since passed us. Greg, it's time for you to lay your dead prison season takes to rest. Please come to the podium and pay your respects, please. Two and ten, Colorado. Uh, I had high hopes for what we
3: would accomplish together, me and this take. And uh, it just it didn't work out like I wanted it to. Oh. In week one, Colorado beat TCU, and then they beat Nebraska, (laughs) and it was over, (laughs) and then the Colorado State game, and it was officially dead, and uh, I'm finally coming to terms with that now. Uh, It was hard, but we'll move forward. We'll bounce back. Uh, It'll be hard, but we'll do it, Uh, and then also, I was really, really high on Arizona State, and... uh, Yeah, they're they're not going to get close to six
0: (laughs) wins. Beautifully, beautifully said. Greg, thank you very much. Amen. Avery, it's time to lay to rest your dead preseason takes. Please come to the podium. Pay your respects.
2: You'll have to forgive me. I will be reading off because it... It's just too emotional for me. Mm -hmm. The no-truck-stops community has sadly lost another bold preseason take. 2023 ASU finishing fifth place in the Pac-12 was laid to rest, surrounded by friends and family this weekend. This take passed away from a loss to Cal and a loss to Colorado. Fifth place ASU is survived by their first-year head coach, Kenny Dillingham, their running back slash punter slash quarterback, Cam Scadaboo, (laughs) and Sparky the Sun Devil. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) The death of fifth place ASU will hopefully be followed by the firing of Ray Anderson. They will be remembered for covering against USC at home. Please join the No Truck Stops community in a moment of silence for fifth place ASU.
3: (laughs) Sard.
0: Bree, stop laughing. (laughs) Serious occasion.
1: My regards to. to the ASU believers, uh, me amongst them, I stand with you at this difficult time. Um, I had a lot of lot of takes that that deserve mention in this segment, but I think that one stands al- stands alone. Uh, one individual in particular, Mario Williams. <laughs> rest, in, rest in peace, Mario Williams. You, <laughs> you. <laughs> It was a good run. Um, you are not the wide receiver one in this conference. <laughs> You're not the wide receiver two, three, four. You're probably not a top 10 wide receiver. <laughs> I think I would take three Washington receivers over you, um, probably three USC receivers over you.
3: Um, <laughs>
1: Yeah, we we could have done something, but uh we'll leave that for another time. Maybe in the next life.
0: Uh I have lost a lot of friends <laughs> over the past few weeks. Things have been hard. Uh it just feels like it's one after another. I have three uh very close close friends I'd like to say uh, goodbye to. Number one, USC's defense being okay at worst. <laughs> 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 did not, did not, did not have a very long life, but lived a very, very full one. Uh, I will be remembered for holding Nevada to ten points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second one, uh, I think, I think I, processing now. Uh, may have held on to this person's memory a little too long Uh, may have held on uh, to hope that they would pull through but I should have started my grieving earlier Colorado being good (laughs) Uh, I, uh, I I don't think I ever fully accepted that that was on their deathbed and then the last one this is a, an old, old friend uh, who passed away long ago, but I thought I'd pay their respects here. Washington State going three and nine. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, It was a, a very quick uh, death for him, but he has since passed and gone on to greener pastures. So thank you, everyone. Any other last respects that they would like to pay to their dead takes okay can we can we is this this uh was sponsored by the 2021 washington is going to the college football playoff <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> memorial <laughs> the
3: greatest take to ever be uttered on this podcast <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I'd like to say something else. This, yes, this yes. Um, wake was also sponsored by Oregon State, has Georgia's defense. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, I'm glad we paid our respects to these uh, long gone <laughs> takes. Matthew Burtson, we will we will send. He is sending his regards to our dead takes. <laughs> I'm convinced that he didn't want to come to this episode solely so he didn't have to admit he was wrong about anything. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. It's time to make some game predictions. Greg, how about a pick 'em party update?
3: Uh, so, the best of the day was technically Reed going three for three. Uh, he submitted his UCLA wazoo pick during the game. Uh, uh, I tweeted oh, it out weird. before. <laughs> tweeted it out before. Forgot about that. <laughs> um, told 12 went three for four as well, so good job there. Worst of the week was Zach. He went 0 oh for four. It's, it's been a rough year for Zach. Zach. <laughs> I think he's been worst of the week multiple times. <laughs> uh, oh, poor as Zach, for No Truck Stops hosts, Reed, three for three. Like I said, Carlos and Avery, two for four. I... Another bad week for me. One for four. Thankfully, didn't actually bet on anything this week. And Matt did not his, submit his uh, no major update to the total board. Carlos is still technically last place overall. So, at least some things, you know, they never change. <laughs> uh, do we have a standings update?
2: Um, yeah, we do. I actually, love we have I don't know if I did the mathematics. But I'll let you know right now that I did bad this week. I did very, very bad. Uh, how'd you How'd you do on Cal this week? Um, you, Cal was <laughs> yeah, uh, one. I would have been like
0: 14, 17. Okay, but it was something. like a closer game. <laughs> it was than a close that. game. Okay. Yes, I agree. I agree.
2: Um, I did the worst this week, with my only correct pick being USC, which was almost wrong too. Uh, <laughs> that was humiliating. Okay, um, not good. Carlos Carlos had a good week. Carlos unfortunately <laughs> went 4-0 this week. <laughs> Not a good time. I can do the math really quick, but I'll I'll tell you now that Carlos is still in the lead. I am close behind. I'm sure Reed's right there too um, because Reed did well as well. He picked ASU unfortunately, and then it's going to be Greg and then Matt holding up the rear. So, unfortunately Carlos is still the front runner. Thank you
0: thank you all right we have a monumental slate of games this week easily the most anticipated slate of the season so far all begins on friday at 7 p.m pacific stanford is traveling to boulder to play colorado on espn we never have lines for these games and but we might actually this time so but whatever i've already i've already done this read what's the line on this game
1: I actually don't think we have a line for okay, this one Okay, fuck yet. it. I'm not
0: doing lines anymore. <laughs> We're eliminating lines from this segment from now on. We don't have lines. So instead of asking who wins and who covers, just give me a damn score. Talk about the lines and stuff on the preview episode on Patreon. Go check that out at trucksuffs.com for five bucks. Uh, but for now, we'll just make up some scores. Avery, start us off. What's your score? Stanford, Colorado, Friday night in Boulder.
2: Uh, Colorado is going to win 35 to 21.
0: Mm, okay. I don't know. Okay. It's close. It's not close to what I had. Greg, what do you got? 42, 24, Colorado. Forty-two twenty-five. You said 24, t- 42 24, Colorado. Read. Uh,
1: I'll go 35, 24, Colorado. I'm glad we get the appropriate t- attention that this game deserves on a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got Colorado, 48,
0: 24 uh, over Stanford, 24. Um, we're all kind of in agreement here. It's going to be a, kind of a blow If the spread is 10 points, I think we're all saying they're going to cover. Okay. On Saturday, 12 p.m., the California Golden Bears traveled to the hell that is Salt Lake City to play Utah on the Pac-12 networks. Greg, give me a score.
3: Now, Cam Rising and Brant Keithy may be back, and uh, I'm here to tell you I don't care. Uh, <laughs> 17-7 <laughs> Utah. This is going to be ugly <laughs> as shit, and I'm going to hate every second of it.
1: Reid? I'll go twenty four ten Utah, uh, hoping Rising and Keithie are back. Avery,
2: <laughs> I think that Utah has had home supremacy for too long, and this would be the funniest opportunity for that shit to end. It's at twelve p.m., which like that's not Rice Eccles, bitch. Like twelve p.m. game, <laughs> that is not the environment that we're used to. Go I don't want to hear. Moore. I don't want to hear. <laughs> I don't want to hear home Utah bullshit. Twelve p.m. against. A good quarterback. Fernando Mendoza is great. And <laughs> is Dante Ott, Moore not a good quarterback? I think Fernando Mendoza is better than Dante Moore. <laughs> now. <laughs> right now. He's definitely more confident, which is fucking crazy because he's a freshman. But I think that this game's going to be bad vibes.
0: Oh, oh. Wasn't ready Cal for that.
2: Cal is going to win
0: 17-7. Okay. Oh.
2: All right. All right.
0: Okay. She wants to. be, uh, uh, Let's see Feeling if you get your first Utah out. Utah oh
3: first yeah, count. I'm zero
2: and six on Cal. <laughs> I wanted to talk about this because, as we have said, it is as hard to go zero and twelve as it is to go twelve and zero. Do I get a bonus if I go zero and twelve <laughs> on Cal <Picks>? No. <laughs> Why not? No,
3: go go twelve and zero instead.
2: No, I think. No, go twelve Carlos, and zero instead. I'm talking to Carlos here because Carlos is a respecter. I am of this, a respecter. This form of game.
0: Remember that card game we played together in Salt Lake City where like
2: Jumping the Moon.
0: Jumping shoot the moon. Mo- uh, qu- shooting the moon. Hearts. Hearts shooting the moon. If Something. I shoot
2: the moon on Cal, <laughs> can I get twelve points?
0: I don't know if anyone knows what this game is, no. but yeah, it's like you get to the point where it's like, oh wait, I suck. I'm gonna actually suck so I'm gonna hard that I can to Throw win. <laughs> out
2: a poll on no truck stops and let the people decide. Because okay. I think going 0 and twelve on cal is not easy. <laughs>
0: Um, I, no, because that's you certainly get point,
3: true. Here's the thing. Here's the difference. If you're wrong about a Cal game, right? In this case, you get points for being wrong about like you. If you don't go 0-12 because of this game, you get like five points for Cal beating Utah. I don't. You know, like that's, that's true. That's your point. That's true, that's but like
2: true. I picked Cal to beat Auburn. I picked Cal to be Oregon State. Mm, she did. Like I could yeah. have gotten points for that too.
3: Mm, exactly. True. You could have gotten points for that, and you didn't. That's how the game works. I don't know.
0: All right, we're, we're gonna litigate this decide. at some other point. I've got Utah winning 21 to three. It's gonna be a disgusting ass game. Jesus
2: Christ.
0: It's gonna be gross. We 17 7 21 3 I think we've got a good beat on this game. I think it's gonna be just gonna be ugly. Uh, all right. Unfortunately, we won't know how ugly it is because no one's gonna be watching that game because at 12:30 p.m. on ABC. Number eight, Oregon travels to Seattle to play number seven, Washington in the rivals in the rivalry's first ever, ever top 10 matchup in history. Very cute. Very adorable. UCLA and Arizona have had like five in the past five years, but this will be a massive game nonetheless for the Pac-12. Reed, you obviously will be very rational and reasonable and well balanced on this. So how about you start us off? What's the score?
1: Look, there's two things that need to happen in this game. Oregon needs to be able to run the ball and Oregon needs to control uh the game against UW's shaky interior offensive line. If you know me, you know there are two people in the world who I am never going to bet against. Bucky Irving and Brandon Dorless. It's all on you. Picking Oregon. I'm gonna go very close game. I think ducks pull away late 42-31. Uh, and I'm nervous as hell for this game. That is an
0: 11-point prediction. Crazy stuff. I knew you were going to say something insane. Avery, score game? Score I for this just game?
2: hope this game ends on the last drive of the game. I want it to be electric. I will be one of the motherfuckers watching Utah Cal, though. So um, <laughs> this will be on the iPad. Utah Cal, big screen. I hate picking scores for these things, but I feel like 48-45. I think I'm going to give it to UW i think they're better coached it matters more
0: (laughs) greg
3: i think that and i've said this for weeks now i think oregon's a better team i think they're more complete i think they'll win this game let's say 40 to 35 they'll go for two and not get it once as is tradition uh and yeah they'll win
0: this, I think we all have a similar take on this game, and that there's going to be a lot of points scored. I've got Washington winning 38 to 35. I think it's going to. I think explosive plays are going to really matter in this game, and I think Washington can generate them way more easily than Oregon can. But it's going to be a good game. This is going to be a lot of fun, Randall. This this could be a game of the year situation. At 4 p.m., a game that suddenly looks kind of intriguing. Arizona. Travels to Pullman to play Washington State on the Pac-12 networks. Grapes, you still Coogan? And uh, what score do you got?
2: Yeah, I'm still Coogan. This is a get-right game for Washington State. There's nothing wrong with losing on the road to a more talented team that should have been ranked. And if I know anything about untalented teams, it's that they want to be the underdog. And this is a great opportunity for Washington State to quietly go 6-1 and one and make their way back up to the top of the Pac-12. I think they're going to win this game. I hate picking scores. 33 to 25. I don't know how you get there, but they're going to get there.
0: (laughs) Greg?
3: I'm going to go 38 to 24 for Wazoo. I think that Arizona does not have the tools to do what UCLA did to the Washington State offense. Uh, They've done really well against passing offenses pretty recently, but Washington State will be very happy to dink and dunk against them, and I think they'll do it successfully, and they will win pretty big, especially if the other quarterback for Arizona is back.
1: Reed, I had Washington State 38-28. I think that Washington State beats somewhat good teams consistently especially when they're at home and i think that's what arizona is so i'll take wazoo
0: yeah i've got this as an ugly game uh, i think with the exception of yesterday's usc arizona game it's like the arizona unders are like pretty much undefeated uh i think arizona's defense is good and i think washington state's defense is good i think this is going to be a defensive slugfest yet again I've got Washington State barely winning this twenty-one to twenty. I think this is going to be a great game. I do really, really, really believe in Arizona as long as they're not playing the quarterback who must not be named. If it's Noah Fafita, it's going to be a great game. If it's not, I'm picking. I'm picking uh, Washington State to win big. All right, at four thirty PM, we got some trucks up. ball. USC travels to wherever the hell Notre Dame is to play wherever whatever the hell mascot Notre Dame has. This game will be on NBC. Greg, what's the score? Uh I
3: This is tough. This is tough, man, because Notre Dame. You know what? I'm just gonna ride with Caleb Williams. Ride with Caleb Williams. Gonna say 35-21 for USC.
0: Wow. Reed, I already know where Reed's going with this. He's ready for he's been itching for this. Go ahead.
1: I'm taking I think I am gonna do it and take Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. 28-27 close Mm. Notre Dame's favored by one so I'll just go with that Grapes
2: um Notre Dame just lost to Jack Plummer Cal mentioned (laughs) Jack Plummer finally cooked Notre Dame on his third try against them um I'm backing the pack go USC I'm not choosing a score because I think that's dumb okay
0: (laughs) how much then can you give me a margin just enough Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, I've got USC winning 41 to 30. I don't know anything about Notre Dame, but it seems, seems to me that their office kind of struggles sometimes, maybe. Uh, and I think USC is just going to be... the US, Caleb Williams is just too much. I think it'll be too much here, too. Uh, last game of the slate, another massive matchup. No Pac-12 after dark this week, though, because this game starts at 5 p.m. UCLA travels to Corvallis to play Oregon State. This game is on Fox Greg, what's the score? Oh god,
3: I don't. Oh, I... Well, Avery didn't choose a score. That means I don't have to choose a score. Uh, okay. Uh, I bought UCLA stock, so I'm taking them. Okay. Do you have a margin? No. Oh god, no. Uh, a small
1: one, for sure. Okay. <laughs>
0: small
1: one. <laughs> Read uh, UCLA is a uh, four and a half point underdog in this game to Oregon wow. State. Um, I'm going to take UCLA to win outright. I'll go 31-21. Wow! No, not even. No, no. Scratch that. Um, Twenty-four to ten because Oregon State's not scoring. Okay. Grapes.
2: I'm scared of. What Oregon State's offense is going to be able to do against this great defense. This is a really good opportunity to get some points back on the board if you're one of those people that's not in first or second place by taking UCLA. But I don't think UCLA is going to win. I saw a lot of promising improvement for Oregon State. They actually have a running game way more dynamic than Washington State. So I'm picking the Beavers. They're going to win by two scores.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, I am very conflicted on this game. Jonathan Smith needs to desperately run the ball. That is how they're going to win this game. If DJU throws for more than like 20, 25 passes, they're fucked. The pass rush for UCLA is really, really good. Oregon State needs to run the ball. I am not convinced that Jonathan Smith is going to get out of his own way and run the goddamn ball. I'm picking UCLA in an ugly game, in a tough one. I don't like picking against Oregon State and Corvallis, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to say UCLA 24, Oregon State 22. I went with 22 because I think it's going to get weird. All right. Another week in the books. Let's get the hell out of here. We're back on YouTube next Sunday at 9 a.m. Pacific to recap week six. If you want an in-depth preview of this absolutely crazy slate of games we just ran through, go check out our Patreon at notruckstops.com. That'll drop late Wednesday night or Thursday morning. And, of course, be sure to subscribe to the channel to get updates when we go live and to make someone suffer again. We will make someone eat increasingly hot sauce during this if we get to 250 subscribers. We are begging, we are on our knees. We are not, uh, we have no shame in asking for your subscriptions. Uh for now, that's Reed. That's Grapes. I'm Carlos. Thank you for joining us live. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you to Home Fields for sponsoring this podcast. We will see you next week, and remember there are no check stops here. Not even one. But I'm lonelier
3: than a single sax on a quiet city street. Things aren't always greener on the sunny side of the street. And I don't mind
2: if the sun don't shine. Lotty do weather well those suits me fine. Pour up the best wine on the boat tonight. I think I'll be a superstar.